Today we're talking with Stacy Straussberg, who is with Rubric. Um, Stacy, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. Uh, and can you describe your role today, what you do, and what the company is about? Absolutely. Today I get to work for an amazing company called Rubric, and our job in the world is to keep data secure. So what I get to do is work with customers day in and day out. And instead of designing based on if a fire happens or if an earthquake happens, I have been able to shift into a security mode. And today our job is to make sure when a customer is hit with ransom, they get their data back. That's awesome. So how did you decide on this role? With Rubrik or in general? In general. In general. Um, I think the role decided on me. I, you know, I, people always ask me, why did I get into IT? And, I, and today I can say, I think it's like a wand. It found me in the sense that I was in the right place at the right time in the early 90s. And somebody point, um, I had an amazing mentor. She was a VP at the university I worked for. And she said to me, you're gonna get certified and you're gonna go into IT. And I'm here. You know, it's funny because my path, I've said before, is very similar to that. You know, I kind of fell into it. I tell everyone the story that uh, the reason why I, you know, ended up in IT was because I was a, a leasing assistant for a company and I knew how to reboot the Novell server. And that's how I kind of made my way in, into uh, IT. My first certification was Novell 311. Yeah, and, and it was all about the fact that I knew how to use a PC and I was going around and fixing everybody's. And it's important to say I had an amazing woman in my life who trusted me more than I could trust myself, mm -hmm. who, who said to me, you're gonna do this and I'm gonna be there, and, but I'm gonna force you to figure it out and just be there and not do it for you. And she did and it's probably been the best foundation I ever had in my career. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, when you have those female examples, I had the same thing, same experience, or so I was definitely lucky with that. Uh, but, you know, when you have those examples, it really does help you to kind of grow and really want to do also what you're doing, which is neat. So what matters to you most about your role today? Helping, assisting, and making things better. It's, um, I am in the sales side of this, so you'd always say, well, it's all about numbers. The numbers come when I do the right thing. And so for me, it's, I'd like to say I always listen to the customer, but sometimes my ears don't always listen like they should. They're not as active as they can be, but I try to do my best. And I think the best thing I can do is make sure I stay on target and really listen and do the best I can. Yeah, I think the art of listening I've learned over the last two years is very, very important. You know, as we listen, uh, it's, you know, my mom used to say that there's difference between listening and hearing. She's like, there is a big uh, difference between that. You know, you'll listen to someone and what they're saying, but when you hear it, you know, you definitely digest it in a different way than you would, um, you know, if you just, you just were listening to what was said. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic. I completely understand that. So every role has its uh, challenges, but what do you enjoy most about what you do today? I love to see when we, when we have a problem that we start and we solve it at the end. That's probably, let it be that it's a, in a sales side that we've started and asked 
talking to a customer what their pains are and then we solve those at the end or even when i've got customers and again ideal in this ransom world it's so crazy right now so knowing that i can be there and we can be there as a company to support as things happen that's really the most important thing for me to be how can i help others you know, it's it's it really is a time, you know, where we're kind of at war. I mean, where you when you think about kind of this cybersecurity right now, we are really trying to protect everything that we possibly can. So, you know, I think that the data and the data recovery is just something that most companies um, you know, kind of think that if they have, you know, a antivirus, you know, in front of them, or they have some sort of fielding in front of them, that's really not the, 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 the one and only. That is not what happens. It's, it's about so much more than that. And, and always wanting to make sure when, when I work with my customer base or anybody is, I always want to build that relationship with them that when something does happen and it's Friday night at 11 o'clock or Saturday in the middle of the afternoon during family time, that they know they can call me, that that's the kind of relationships I want with my customers and the people around me, let it be a customer or my business associates or the just anybody around me. That's just who I am. You're putting the relationship first, you know what I mean, which is really kind of uh, I've found, you know, in my career, especially, you know, in leadership positions that when you partner with companies that put the relationship first, you, it, it's truly a map for success, in my opinion. Um, you know, I've had big companies that we've had that relationship with. I've had small companies that we have that relationship with. And all of those companies end up for me being those partners that I, I feel, you know, proud to have, to actually have had in our environment or, or, or worked with, you know, on projects or, you know, if you get talent even that comes in and augments, you know, your staff. There's such a dynamic that comes from that. So I really do enjoy that part of my role. And obviously, you know, rubric has been one of those in my career. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the, the biggest joy I get is when a customer can call me and say, thank you. Thanks for saving us. That it's not the grad. It's not that they called me and I did something. It's that I was able to change it for them. And that's what's important to me. Right. You're taking away someone's stress, right? You're taking away something that, you know, really as, as a leader or as someone that's running systems, you're, you're helping them to make sure that, you know, they're, they're leaving the office without the worry. And I think one of the things that I love about being a female, there are a few things that I can probably get away with, a little more fun things. And I have had situations that have been where customers in a SAT issue and I've taken the word frustration and I put a magic wand in the, in the, in the look of it. And I say, that's my job. I'm, I'm going to put and fix that for you. That's a great attitude. Absolutely. The frustration killer. Exactly. <laughs> so in your career, obviously every, every job has its challenges. We all know this, but what obstacles have you overcome in your career? Being a girl straight up. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, overlooked. Um, I've been shushed in meetings like you shush a child. Um, I've answered the question, leaned in on that, let's say, and had people look at my male colleagues to get the approval. Um, I think those are the hardest pieces. I was one of those people that um, I started at a company and didn't even do a salary check. It was I needed a job at the time. 
only to find out that I was at least 50% underpaid. Mm -hmm. so those are things that I've challenged with, but I will say that on that pay one, for instance, I had a male boss look at that and went and fought for me. So advocates are out there, but yeah, there's been a lot of hard stumbling blocks that way. And then the last one I'll say is IT and the craziness of IT sales, we, they can't get, men cannot get away with the same things that they did 10 years ago. There were things that just were uncomfortable for women. I stood up for where it was appropriate, but we did allow things to keep going on. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, when you think about kind of your journey and, you know, in those moments where you're shushed, um, you know, I think back on those because obviously I've had similar experiences at some times. I've also had the opposite where it's been very vocal to the point where it's, you know, um, screaming and, and losing your, your, your composure in meetings, not me, someone else, you know, but it, it's one of those things where, um, you know, those moments stick with you because there's one of those moments where you think to yourself, why didn't I stand up for myself? Why didn't I, you know, why did I take that? And it's, it's, it's hard to move past that, but I think you're right. Like now we see, we do see improvement. We do see, you know, where this is not tolerated anymore. And I think that that is critical, you know, to the success of organizations and quite frankly, critical to the next generation of women that will follow in our shoes that say, you know, we don't want to set this path for them without set, setting the path of you stand up for yourself. And, and that's it. And that's one thing I really want to always, when I'm mentoring some of the ladies that I get the joy and honor to do, it's making sure and saying, you get to stand up for what you believe in. Um, it's okay. If, you, if your fear is that you're going to lose your job, there are other jobs out there, mm -hmm. but stand up for what you believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a little bit of a generational thing because I do see, you know, much of the, a lot of the younger women are definitely standing up for themselves much more than I did. You know, so I think that it's a, it's a tremendous uh, improvement that they feel a little bit more uh, valued and they also feel that they're, you know, that this is their, their opportunity to kind of make their own mark too as well. Yep. And that's, and if we can continue to help those girls out, then we're doing the right thing. Absolutely. So do you feel as if your career, if it was in a different industry, um, you know, where you weren't in tech would be different, what you're doing? I'm not sure how to answer that because I think that in, you know, it depends. If I was a nurse, then you would see, we still see gender bias on the opposite side. Um, and, and obviously masculine nurses, mm -hmm are phenomenal, just like females. So I don't, I think we see these issues in pretty much any career, just sometimes it may be the opposite. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. And I think we do see it in tech. Um, you know, I know I see it in, in healthcare. I know I see it in, in life sciences at times too, as well. You know, it, but it is one of those things where we think about, you know, has it improved? And, and I think, yeah, we do. We see improvement and we see, you know, some, some things there. not that it should be, uh, considered a, a, a closed case, because that's not the case. But, you know, this is definitely a road that we hopefully will continue to improve this path for younger girls. Especially on the technical side. I see, you know, we've done really well with getting women into the non-technical roles in tech, but we still struggle. Um, I can remember going to conferences in the 90s in Vegas, 
um, Comdex and some of the ones that don't even exist anymore. And the laugh was, you know, we always could go to the ladies room. There was no line and there was long lines. It was like the opposite of a traditional concert that I used to go to. And today I was just at a concert, uh, not concert, at a conference recently. And you know what? It was the same thing. And that just makes me go, what can we do differently? What, you know, how can we get more ladies into the technical side of the uh, technology side, technical side of the technology companies? Right, right. You know, it's it's funny. You're right. It's more that those GNA functions or sales and marketing. It's not, you know, so much the um, programming and development, if you will, of you know, of products and uh, support, even you know, of products, things like that. You know, I have an opportunity where I am right now. I have a wonderful young lady who is um, really coming up in cybersecurity, and you know, it's been her passion, and you know, she's really working towards it, and you know, she's she's in you know in with all of the different uh, security professionals that she's working with and actually really forging ahead you know which is nice to see her take that active you know technical um you know capability you know what i mean and actually start you know really enjoying it it's an, it's a nice thing so i i hope that in 10 15 years from now when you're interviewing these ladies who are more seasoned within their careers you ask these questions and they look at you like it doesn't make sense why you're asking that question, that it's just not an issue anymore. Right. I, I, I think we all hope for the day where somebody looks at us and says, I don't understand that. I don't I've never experienced that. So <laughs> I think that's the big, you know, amen we're going to have at that, at that point, you know. So so if you had to look back and give your younger self some advice, what would that be? Stand up for yourself more. Um, don't allow things to fester to the point where you're ready to walk away instead of hitting it face on. Um, and trust, trust yourself, you know, and not have to look for others for the reinforcement. I think those would be the biggest things is um, trust yourself and go for it. That you don't have to be limitless. That is wonderful advice. And I, I think that that's great. Trusting yourself is one of those things where even, uh, you know, as we grow older, we, we always, you know, have that kind of, you know, whisper in our ear all the time. Am, am I right? Am I, or am I overreacting? Am I, you know, where am I on this? You know, uh, you know, what do they think of me? That kind of thing. And I think that when you trust yourself and your gut enough, you know, all everything else will fall into place. And exactly. And that's my thinking is, I don't think it ever hindered me, but I think it would have made things a little easier in, in, in a, in a uh, emotional sense. Right. Right. So if you had advice for younger girls, what would that be? Don't let anything limit you. Don't let anybody tell you, you can't do it. Um, you know, I always jokingly talk about in the tech world for the techies, there's almost like an extra chromosome, the techie gene. And if you don't have the techie gene, some people do, some people don't. Um, and I've done some teaching and been able to see that. And I always say, you can figure this thing out. Just go for it. If, 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 if the idea of you'd rather do this on a Friday night than go on a date because it's exciting to you, go for it. Enjoy it. Just lean into it. Um, 
and trust that there's a path. You don't have to have a destination. That's awesome. That's great advice because I think that we, we get, they get, you know, I know we all get stuck at that. Like, when is it, when, when am I going to get to the destination? And we say throughout this series all the time is it's not about, you know, the, the, the destination or, you know, the point you started, it's about what's in between. It's the journey that matters. And as long as you do stuff and you take away from it, you know, something that's really, you know, something you can look back on and say, I'm proud of what I did. And I'm proud of who I am because of what I did. And I think that that's, that's something that, you know, younger girls, it's always, you know, I think we think it's a project plan and it's not, it's, it's truly a full, you know, enjoyed destination is going to be, you know, kind of the continued growth as, as always, you know, it will continue to be that way. So. And I think that, I think that if I'm always pushing towards getting a destination, I'm missing the things that are around me. And back to that mentor that I mentioned at the beginning of our interview, when she asked me to create that um, department, I looked at her, you know, I was in my twenties with, you know, these wide eyes, like, how do I do that? What's the end goal? What am I supposed to do? And she said, it doesn't matter what the end goal is. She says, we have a concept of what that is, but it's the little steps, all the steps. We're gonna go between one step to second step, second step to third. And our end goal, our destination will probably change, but because we're willing to allow it to happen, it only gets better. That is solid advice. That was a great mentor. Absolutely. You know, because you're right. Don't keep looking at the end zone. Just make sure that you keep getting past where you, where you want to be. That's all you need to do. You know, and I think that that comes, that comes with time. Uh, and it also comes with patience for yourself. Yep. And, and both back to trust, trust you're in the right direction. Absolutely. If your gut is turning, not your head, but your gut is turning, like there's something wrong. Listen to it. Listen to it and figure out where you need to shift. Absolutely. So if you had to uh, limit your LinkedIn profile to three words to describe yourself, what would they be? Today, I think they would be different than they were you know, years ago, but today they would probably be fierce, limitless, and loyal. Loyal to a fault. I love that. I love loyal is one uh, that I really like a lot. Loyal is, is, is definitely something where, you know, that shows that you have support for yourself and for others too, as well, which is great. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, for being on Her Incredible Mind. We really appreciate you being here and we appreciate your courage to tell your story. Thank you, Kate. And thank you, everybody. And just go out there and be the best of who you are. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.